Hey there, and welcome to the Alenia Church Podcast, your place to get all of Alenia Church's previous messages, messages designed to equip you on your journey with Christ. Over the past few weeks, we have looked at Jesus, the Son of Man, Jesus, the Son of God, and Jesus, the Resurrection. Well, today we look at Jesus, the reigning King. Kings have kingdoms, and kingdoms have specific things that define them. Well, listen in today as we learn how we are a part of this kingdom and what that means for us today. Enjoy. God, we declare that you are King of Kings and you're a Lord of Lords, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, you are the beginning and the end. God, we worship you. You are holy. Just tell him how holy he is. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Yes, Jesus, 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 God, we thank you. We worship you. We invite you to meet with us this morning, God, that your presence would fall on this place and that it would convict our hearts. In your name we pray and pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. And as the children are dismissed, we just ask you to find someone you didn't come to church with. We do this every week. So hopefully you'll meet somebody new every week and then introduce yourself. Is this good? That's, you. You know, that's not flat. Well, first, uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much to those who sacrificed and gave up time last week uh, on Friday and prepared and Sunday morning, Easter morning was amazing. And can we just give it up for all of our volunteers? And um, I walked out, I was walking from back here through the, uh, through the Alenia Kids banner and um, uh, Jennifer caught me and she goes, they did an amazing job. And uh, the whole hallway was absolutely gorgeous, was gorgeous. I'm like, wow, I don't think I would have ever dreamed to have done any of this. And it just looked fantastic. So I was so, I was so proud of the team and how hard you worked. Um, and uh, hey, you know, if you don't volunteer, you're missing out. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, in fact, we, uh, summer's coming and for some reason people decide to leave for vacation. I don't know what's up with that. You know, uh, June 1st hits and there's a, there's a support group for all pastors, you know, it's like, oh, um, but if you, um, if you haven't began volunteering here, uh, summer's a great time to do it because we're trying to rotate people through as much as we can because people are are on vacation and um, college kids say go back home what's up with that so hey by the way uh, speaking of college kids Spencer you're so good at guitar where's he at so good he makes me sick too because he was like one day he was like yeah drums is my weakest instrument then he's back there he sounds like Phil Collins you know (laughs) (laughs) So good. Hey, um, next week, 
I cannot wait for this. And this is a great inviting opportunity. We're starting a new series called Family Matters. And uh, so just so you can see how I think about families, this is our, our graphic for Family Matters. Um, <laughs> So we'll have that up all on social media so that you can share it. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, what, what it takes to be family. And we're going to talk about how um, you can make the most of every moment. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about the awkwardness of family. We're going to talk about um, uh, taking an account of what God has entrusted to you. So you don't want to miss the next uh, four weeks uh, beginning May 1. We're going to have a new series called Family Matters and it's going to be a lot of fun. You, you have questions about like, I, I don't have no idea if I'm doing this right. That's going to be a great, um, a great series for you to be a part of. And then also just a reminder, every other Monday, so tomorrow night is our every other, uh, we have a prayer group that meets on Monday nights. So you can go to lineachurch.org forward slash groups and you can sign up to be part of the prayer group or uh, just show up. She'll take you. You don't even, you don't even have to sign up. Hope, I hope 100 people just bombard her house. But I've been to that several times, which is uh, it's just really great time of prayer and focusing your um, attention on God. And we really pray for some big things. Listen, y'all, we might be a, a small church right now, but we have same, some big, big requests before God right now. Um, uh, we, we may be small, but our faith is big. And we believe that God is going to do some things on our behalf. So just be praying with us. And that's a good opportunity for you to show up and pray uh, on Monday nights. So we've talked about Jesus, the Son of Man. We talked about Jesus, the Son of God. I don't know if you caught this, but last week we talked about Jesus as the risen Savior. And uh, today I want to talk to you about Jesus, the reigning King. Um, so let me read this verse to you. But you, man of God, flee from these things. So this is Paul writing to Timothy. It's 2 Timothy 6:11. Flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the presence of God who gives life to all, and of Christ Jesus who gave a good confession before Pontius Pilate. I charge you to keep this command without fault or failure until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power. Just pray. God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you. We pray that you would anoint uh, the preaching of your word this morning and convict our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I am so excited. You know why I'm excited? Because someone created all the lyrics and the verses on the screen behind me, and it wasn't me. Come on, Abe. Give it up for Abe. So, so if there's any mistakes, it's right there. Yes, yeah, so, so. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he was, we were meeting and him and Chris and they were like, my goodness, you use a lot of scripture. I'm like, sorry, I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm preaching from the Bible. I mean, 
Uh, I don't know if you all have ever had this experience, but when you're in middle school, elementary school, of playing kickball, right? Anybody know about kickball? Right, kickball, the little red ball. I don't know who made that thing. I don't know if you all know this, but there is like a beer and kickball league here in Murfreesboro. I don't know what that even looks like. Um, <laughs> Y'all do your own sign-ups. I'm not part of that. But anytime you do kickball, you'd all, they'd always pick the, uh, the two toughest dudes on the playground, right? And they had to pick sides. And uh, I don't know if you can tell this about me, but I was usually picked last. <laughs> I'm just standing there like this. You know, I'm the kid that's like, uh, they throw the ball at you, they roll the ball, they roll the ball. And there's something about this whole physique and coordination that just doesn't want the foot to connect to the red ball and make it go the right direction. So I'm usually, I'm usually picked last. And uh, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but there is a deep sense of belonging that we desire as human beings. In fact, studies say that pain and rejection are processed the same way in the brain. So when you are rejected, when you are not part of something, when you don't feel like you belong, it is quite literally painful. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. You've ever felt like you didn't belong. Or if you ever felt like that you, you couldn't be a part of something. You ever felt like that you were picked last. And I'm here to tell you today some really great news. We have all been invited to belong and be part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the kingdom of God. You know, one of the things that we have to realize is that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that we could be saved. Yes, but also so that we could be a people. It is always and the, it's always through the view that we are to be together. Salvation is not some little individual thing. I got my ticket to heaven. I'm like, yes, that's great. We get to go to heaven. That's awesome. But the intention is that we would be a people who once were not a people. So says First Peter. That's a verse. Did I write it? Yes, First Peter 2.10. So if you want the reference and you don't want to proof. What I'm saying, you don't want to take my word for it, go to 1 Peter 2.10. So the idea of kings and kingdoms is that a king would rule over a kingdom. And I've looked up the definition this morning. I thought it was fascinating that a king is someone who would rule over a kingdom and typically inherits their position by birth. Meaning Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because of his relationship with the Father, because of his birthright. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, here's what I want us to understand is four things about a kingdom. Four things about a kingdom. The first thing about a kingdom is a kingdom has to have a king. A kingdom has to have a king, and that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
Look what Revelation 1, 4 through 5 says. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace. That's driving me crazy. It's just right in my peripheral. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from, who, from the one who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He's not just a king, he's the king of all of them. All right? Daniel 7, 13 through 14 he says this, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion. We're going to come to that word later, dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and language should serve him. So there is coming a day when everyone says every knee will bow, every tongue confess. His dominion, there's that word again, is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. I'll give you another one, John 19, 2. The soldiers twisted together, what? A crown of thorns, put it on his head and clothed him with a purple robe. So right there, even when we went through uh, the Easter season, which happens at Passover for the Jewish nation. It happens at Passover. What did they do? They mocked him, but they also foreshadowed who he was, which is he is a king. He is not just a king. He is the king of kings. And so put a crown of thorns on his head. They put a purple robe on him. They mocked him. But what we know after the fact is that he got up out of the grave. And by the way, we're seven days past Easter. The grave is still empty. The grave is still empty. We should not just celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every Easter that happens on the third equinox of the second Sunday. of I don't have any idea how they come up with Easter every week, every year. Just wish like it was Christmas, December 25th. Boom, right there. So here's what you need to know about a king. A king is in charge. A king is in charge. A king gets to decide who is going to be a part of the kingdom. A king also gets to decide what the kingdom culture is going to look like. Um, I, uh, I'm the kind of, I was the kind of kid that could not wait to leave the house. Um, I love, I love my dad. Um, I, me and my dad batched it. So when, at a certain point in my life, when my parents got divorced, my mom gave me the opportunity, if you want to go live with your dad, go live with your dad. So it was me and my dad, and we batched it. And uh, we were both very hard-headed individuals, and still are. And uh, I, I got restless, and I could not wait to get out of the house. Because when I got out of the house, I knew I was going to do things differently. I knew that when I got out of the house and I got my own place, I was going to stand in front of the refrigerator for 10 minutes deciding what I wanted to eat with the refrigerator open. I knew that I was going to sit five inches from the television playing my favorite video game for 10 hours on hand. 
I knew that I was going to dump Oreos into a bowl, pour milk over them, go get a spoon and have myself a midnight snack. I was the king of my own castle. I got to do what I wanted to do. If I didn't like that picture there, I moved it. If I didn't like the furniture there, I moved it. If I wanted to buy something for the house, I bought it. Because what? I was the king of my own castle. Then I got married. <laughs> and now, now we're more like a, a constitutional federal republic. Jesus is the king of kings. He gets final say. We don't get to argue with the king of kings. We love to say, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Until it starts to rub with what we want to do. And then we're like, I don't know if I like this king of kings and Lord of lords thing. So every kingdom has a king. Number two, which leads us to this next thing, every kingdom has a people. Every kingdom, it's, it's no good having a kingdom if you don't have any people in the kingdom. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. To him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood and made us a what? Kingdom. Say that with me. A kingdom. Sorry, I didn't know the verse wasn't up there. Priest. We are priests, this is interesting, priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion. There's that word again, forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen what? People. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. What, is, what good is a kingdom without a people? What good is a kingdom if you can't put people in it? And that goes back to my point I said originally was that God did save us for eternity, but he also saved us to make us a people, to make us a community, to make us a nation. So God created you. He redeemed you. He saved you out of your mess to make you a people, to invite you into his kingdom. And he wants you to be a citizen of it which we're going to talk about in the next point, number three. But he wants you to be a citizen of it, a, a, a member of it. We talk a lot about that in America. Like you should be, you should be a good citizen and you, you know, should pay your taxes and follow the laws and go vote. And if you have November, go vote, go vote, go vote. Right now we're, we're voting for, for primaries here. So he wants to invite you to be a citizen but one of the things that we forget is he wants you to be a citizen that has perks. Paul, who wrote that, that we are citizens of heaven, he understood citizenship differently than a lot of people that were reading his letters. Because Paul was a Roman citizen. And when you were a Roman citizen, you had perks. That means that you could travel more freely. That means you could buy and sell more freely. That means that you had some rights, some justice rights that when someone accused you, in fact, if you look at 
if you look at the book of Acts, he appealed to Caesar. And so they had no choice. The governing authorities had no choice but to send him to Rome because he appealed to Caesar. Why? Because he was a Roman citizen. Because he had rights. He had perks. We have perks. As believers in Christ, citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we have perks. Don't forget that. Here's just three. Give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap. Um, call upon me all and I will answer you. I will show you things you do not know. I will show you plans that I have for you, plans to give you a hope and plans to give you a future. Um, enter boldly into the throne room of grace, all who need forgiveness and know that you will receive mercy. Amen. That's just three out of a ton of promises that are in scripture for you and for me. You don't receive because you don't ask. Ask. You don't, you, you're sick because you don't ask the elders to come pray for you. Pray. We have perks. We're not just, we're, we're not slaves with no rights. We are believers, co-heirs with Jesus. It's a different mindset. Number three, every kingdom has a culture. Every kingdom has a culture. So if I'm in Rome, I do as the Romans do. It's always a safe bet. When, when you go to a different country, if you go to China, you can't just do what Americans do in China. They will treat you differently. You can't... You can't exercise your American citizenship in a different country. Why? Because it's a different kingdom. You are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, which means you have to operate as citizens of the kingdom of heaven and what that culture is. You know, one of the things uh, I got to do years ago is I got to go to Cambodia on a mission trip. And I loved it. I loved Cambodia. I loved the food. I loved the people. Um, we got to sponsor a child uh, through an organization. And um, I got to actually see her and, and, and hug her neck. Um, and when I got there, one of the things I didn't realize about the culture is they always wanted you, when you walked into a building, to take off your shoes. I don't like taking off my shoes. I don't like feet. I don't, I don't want to see your man toes. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't like that. I want to keep my shoes on. But when you walk into the building, they're like your shoes. So we're take, so I had to go to a market and buy flip flops because I was always taking off my shoes. Why did I do that? Because their culture was different than my culture. Here's the thing is you were saved out of, this is harsh, 
you were saved out of the dominion of the enemy, the dominion of Satan, all the culture, all the things that are permissible, all the things that are pursued, and you were saved into a new kingdom. Which means that we follow the laws of the new kingdom. So I picked just a few. I can't go through all of them, but here's some good ones. Jesus says in Matthew 5, You have heard that it said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. But I don't want to do that. 2 Timothy, Paul's writing to Timothy, he said, The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach, and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Amen. Which means the things that I see on Fox News and MSNBC does not seem to align with kingdom culture. Uh, but I don't want to do that. Galatians 5.22, we say this nearly every week, it seems like. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. I don't know. That's, that's hard. Self-control thing, man. Just give me a... I'll eat that whole jar of Skittles before the day's out. <laughs> Ecclesiastes, I came across this in our reading, and if you're doing our Bible reading with us, we started in January, and you can jump in anytime. MillenniaChurch.org forward slash Bible. You read basically four chapters today. Congratulations, yesterday you got through Leviticus <laughs> with all of the rules about bodily discharge. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to read this. Back to my point. So we're in Ecclesiastes right now, and I came across this this past week. For the king's command is authoritative. And who can say to him, what are you doing? A king's command is authoritative. And who of us can say, what are you doing? In other words, we don't get to question the king's commands. A large portion of these kingdom culture principles, you don't do because you feel like it. You do it because you're commanded to do it. We do it because Jesus says, do this. Because I don't know about you, but I don't wake up every day wanting, feeling warm and fuzzy. I want to love my enemies. I don't do these things because I feel like them. I do them because the king asked me to. Here's a just... A, a glaring example of what this looks like from Jesus himself. And it cracks me up the way. Here's the, here's the thing. When you read your Bible, there's headers. Okay. Don't let the header interrupt what the passage is trying to say. Because if you aren't careful, you will stop at the header and close up your Bible and go, that was really good. But if you will read the context of the scripture and realize, oh wait, he's still talking. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you ever do this with your spouse, like 
they're telling you a story, and you're like, okay. And you start to walk up, and they're like, I'm not done talking. I think Jesus, a lot of times when he's speaking to you through the Bible, is like, I'm not done talking. Keep reading, please. So watch this. Oh, where'd it go? Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Okay? Well, if he sins against you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostles, they're, you got to put your imagination to this interaction. The apostles said to the Lord, oh, increase our faith. That's, that's hard, Jesus. I don't, I don't. Increase our faith, because that, that's a tough one. And look how Jesus responds. Context is king. If you dudes would just have the faith the size of a mustard seed. Okay, like I don't, you, if I was holding a mustard seed up here, you wouldn't be able to see it. He's saying, that's, what do you mean increase your faith? That's all you need. If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it will obey you. Which one of you having a servant? Now, here's the header. The header gets inserted right there, and we're like, wow, faith is a mustard seed. That was really good. Jesus is not done talking. Which one of you having a servant, tending sheep or plowing, will say to him when he comes in from the field, come at once, sit down and eat. Instead, will he not tell him, hey, prepare me something to eat, get ready, serve me while I eat and drink, later you can eat and drink. Why? Because you're my servant. You belong to me. Does he thank the servant because he did what he commanded? Oh, thank you, servant. So grateful for you for, for obeying my commands. No. Jesus says, in the same way, when you have done all that you were commanded, forgive. You should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. What Jesus is saying there is when it comes to kingdom principles, when it comes to kingdom culture, like love your enemies, like forgive like being gentle, like being self-controlled, like being loving, like exercising goodness. Our issue is not that we have a faith problem. Our issue is that we have an obedience problem. That's hard. Why is that difficult? Because it is easy for me to grab Wyatt and say, you have an obedience problem. I don't like it when God gets my intention and goes, you have an obedience problem. I'm like, well, I'm an adult. <laughs> You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, think about it. We have a choice to either adhere to our new identity as citizens of the kingdom of heaven or reject it. We have a 
choice to either adhere to the kingdom culture or to reject it. We have a choice to do what Jesus says, where, he, where God says, be holy because I am holy. I want you to do these things because that's who I am. I want you to do these things because it screams kingdom culture, and that's what the world needs. Number four, as we wrap up. Every kingdom has a domain. Every kingdom has a domain. I'm about to read a passage to you from Isaiah, and you need to understand the culture of it, or the context of it. There's a passage in Isaiah 52, which is always really weird when you read it. And it says, how beautiful are the feet on the mountains of those who bring good news. So what Isaiah is prophesying in that moment is that Israel, Jerusalem has fallen, that it is in disarray. But he sees a messenger running and he says, how beautiful are his feet because he brings good news. And what is the good news that he brings? He says, our God reigns. That no matter what we see around us, no matter all hell breaking loose, our God still is in control. Our God is still on his throne. Our God reigns. Now watch this. Don't get too excited because watch this. Here's the next part. The next part is he talks about the suffering servant. Again, don't let God, don't, don't let bold headers in your Bible detract from what God is trying to say in the context. So he says, how beautiful are the, are the feet of those who bring good news. Our God reigns. Then he talks about the suffering servant. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Then it says, enlarge the sight of your tent and let your cur tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes. Drive your pegs deep for you will spread out to the right and to the left. This has to do with the dominion of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has been created always with an idea of expansion. The kingdom of God was always to be in a growing mode. Right there prophesied in Isaiah, he talks about the declaration that our God reigns. He talks about who the new king will be. Then he talks about what the domain in the kingdom is going to look like. And he says, it's so big, you better stretch out your ropes. You better stretch out your tent. You better drive those stakes deep. Why? Because it's going to keep getting bigger. And here's the thing. It's like... You get a handkerchief. Here's the thing. If you don't like a lot of people, you're in for a rude awakening when you get to heaven because there's going to be a lot of people there. And when it comes to the domain of the kingdom of heaven, the intent for God is that it is always growing. It is always expanding, that we are always bringing new citizens in. We're like, what's your passport say? World? No, no, no. I want you to take that. And we're going to come over here. We're going to get you a new passport. And it is about Jesus Christ crucified, risen, that he cleansed your sins. You believe that? You do believe that. Great. Let's be a part of the kingdom of heaven 
heaven together. Your citizenship is now in heaven. Let's get you a new passport. And this new passport, it comes with some perks. It comes with some identity things that you need to know that you're the head and you're not the tail. It comes with some things that you need to, to embody that you were a child of the king. It's always supposed to be expanding. How do I know this? Because before Jesus went up to heaven, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you even to the end of the age. The kingdom is beautiful. The kingdom has a king. The kingdom has a people. The kingdom has a culture. The kingdom has a domain that is ever expanding. Our kingdom is not solely for us. Our church is not solely for us. We have to realize that we have something great here. But with all that I can say and all I really want you to believe this, I don't want it to stay like this. I know we have something great. I know it's, it's, it's tempting to take it and I don't want, an, I don't want this person to come in here because they messed up the jive we got. I don't, I, this, this, they're sitting in my seat. I don't, that's, that's where I sat every Sunday. <laughs> I walked in one day, I walked in one day, I kid you not. I walked in one day, I don't remember who it was. If it was you, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to point you out. I just thought it was funny because I was like, I love this. Because I walk in and I always sit in seat number two of row A. I sit in seat two of row A and Kimmy's behind me and she hands me my mic and I walk up on stage and I walk down the aisle and worship is going on and someone was sitting in 2A. <laughs> and I loved it. Because they don't, they don't, they don't, there's no rule. They got to sit in 2A. I need us to desperately understand that God wants you to get uncomfortable for the sake of the domain of the kingdom. Our purpose as a church is to build up and to send out and to bring in and to build up and to send out and to bring in and to build up and to send out, it does not stop. There is not going, when I die, it will stop for me. There's not gonna be a time in my season as the pastor of Alenia Church where I'm gonna go build up, send out, bring in. Build up, send out, bring in. Build up, I think we're good. That's not kingdom culture. I know I'm way over my time. But I, I need us to understand that we have to have eyes for the lost. We have to have eyes for people that aren't part of the kingdom. We have to have eyes that there is a God that loves you desperately and wants the best for you. We have to have eyes for that. So God does not just invite you to be a citizen of the kingdom. He invites you to be an ambassador 
And I, I don't want us to listen to this and go, oh, that was great. That was good. I like that. Take some notes. Listen to the podcast. I want us to be doers, not hearers. Man, I'm, t I'm telling you, be really raw with you. I can get up here and preach. Y'all can clap, stand on your feet, stomp, run around like crazy people, start hollering, shouting. That'd be great. That's awesome. That'll last about five minutes for me. Because be like, oh, that felt good. I like that. But then go out and forget everything I said as soon as you, like, there's this show on Apple TV called Severance. And the premise is that you have a, you, you get a chip put in your brain. And when you go to work, and you get in the elevator and you go down to where you work, that chip activates your brain and you completely forget your, they call it your Audi. And now you are your innie and you're your work self. And they are, they are so divided, they don't even know who each other is. I feel like that we, we do that at church. I feel like we walk through the door and it's like, boop. Because I would rather you sit there like knots on a log. <laughs> and go out there and absolutely raise a ruckus. I, I would rather you be as silent as you can be in here and as dis disruptive as you can be out there. That you so take these kingdom principles and you live them out to the fullest extent that you actually take what Paul says, like do everything to the glory of the Lord. That I don't care if you're, I don't care if you're selling pool equipment or if you're selling pharmaceuticals or if you're, if you're a pipe fitter or whatever, that you look at that and you go, this is, this is what, in this season, this is what God's called me to do. And I'm absolutely going to do my best. That you aren't afraid that when you're sitting down, when I always say it, and you're in your lunch break and you're eating your tuna salad and your pickle and your potato chips, you can say, you will not believe what I heard at church yesterday. I don't know why. I don't feel like I have any authority over you. I don't. But I, I, I am a child of the king, and I want you to know, I feel like God wanted me to tell you he sees you. I know that divorce is hard. He sees you. I know that kid's driving you crazy. He sees you. I know finances are hard. He sees you. Not only does he see you, he loves you. And our church will not grow unless we radically become doers and not just hearers. So here's four questions I want you to ask. Write them in your book, put them in your phone, write them on your arm. What if we were daily submitting to the king? Number two, what if we daily reminded ourselves 
of our identity. Number three, what if we daily lived out kingdom principles? And number four, what if we daily prioritized the expansion of the kingdom? That's my prayer for you. And this is what it's going to take. It's going to take people who don't know Jesus walking into the door or you witnessing to them in your lunch break these words Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we worship you. And God, I pray that uh, I'm just going to pray for myself. I pray, God, that I would have such a fire in my belly, a passion for the lost. God, I pray that you would break my heart and give me boldness in the same. Every time I encounter someone who doesn't know you, because they're not part of the kingdom, and you Man, you love them so much. You gave your son for them. God, you're burdened for them. You, you want them. You want them a part of the family. Scott, I pray. I pray that same passion and that same burden and that same heartbreak and that same boldness would just like lightning go through our people. We love you. We thank you in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in today. If you would like more information about Alenia Church, you can go to alenniachurch.org forward slash connect. There you can enter in your information. You can ask about more information about the church, and you can even let us know if you've prayed to receive Christ. We would love to put a free gift in your hand to equip you on this new journey. If you would like to partner with this ministry, you can do so by going to alineachurch.org forward slash give. There you can make an easy tax-deductible gift to further the reach of the gospel through Alinea Church. Would you also pray about becoming a monthly partner through your financial giving? Our site makes it easy to set up a recurring schedule. Our prayer is that we are able to begin video recording these messages in the 2022 year and your giving will help make that possible. Please take a moment to share this message, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you get your regular diet of podcasts. It helps us by getting the word out about what God is doing here in Middle Tennessee. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area and you don't yet have a church home, we would love to host you at Alenia Church, meeting at Oakland Middle School, 453 Desjarnet Drive, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We hope to see you there. Remember, God sees you, He loves you, and He wants the best for you. God bless.